0: On the Virtual Bible Study tonight, we're going to take a look back at 2019. In a little bit different way. We found a link. In fact, it was someone forwarded to us a link about the top Google searches involving religion for 2019. And so there were actually 101 listed. We obviously can't cover 101, but we're going to try to cover the top 20 Google Internet searches About religion in 2019.
1: All right. We're going to do that and get started right now.
2: one or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study.
1: And we welcome you to the Virtual Bible Study for 2020, January 2nd, new 2020. Year, second day of the new year. Yeah, welcome to the program. We're glad that you're here. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwyn, is here. Hello, Dad. Jacob's great to be with you. Glad to be we started the
0: Virtual Bible Study way back in 2005.
1: Yeah. A long time ago. We're coming up on finishing fifteen years here in a few yeah. months. So, yeah. Uh and it's been a good uh good study and uh and beneficial for us, hopefully it is for our listeners yes. as well. And we keep
0: uh, we keep begging for your feedback. So let us know uh what you what you think and what but you think we should talk in about.
1: 2020. Yeah. Do we yeah. need do we need to change our format to something uh, different or uh let us know kyle's behind the controls tonight kyle welcome to the program happy new year it's good to be here glad that you're here glad that you're listening on the other end of the line tonight and we want to hear from you at 877-381-4567 questions at collegeview.com and in the chat room if you're listening to us live on the program tonight lots of folks have signed in the chat room and if you have not yet signed in and share your comments with listeners around the world. A
0: little housekeeping
1: before we get started. A Couple things. One
0: is we've got, <clears throat> we're now just a, a, about three weeks away from our special weekend series with Josh McKibben. uh, uh in fact, I put a, a, put a, an announcement of that on our homepage at collegeview.com, but I'm going to update it because just this evening I got the, I got the topics from Josh. That he's, he's going to be preaching. Can let me let me get yeah, these get, up get real quick. They are they sound really amazing. Um, here we go. So we're going to have a session Saturday at four. This this will be January twenty fifth and twenty sixth, Saturday and Sunday. On Saturday at four, how to talk how to talk your parents into anything. Okay. At seven o'clock on Saturday, how to find the right person. Sunday morning at nine thirty, how to maximize Bible reading. Sunday at 10.30 a.m., How to Cultivate Quality Friendships. And then the one I really, I, in fact, I asked him to preach this one uh, at 2.30 on Sunday afternoon, How to Lose Your Faith by the Time You're 20. All right. Those sound like some really good, uh, lessons and, uh, I think, uh, it'll be a really, uh, beneficial weekend. January 25th, 26th, Saturday and Sunday, uh, and more information on our website. Right. Plan to come if you, especially young people and their parents, plan to come if you're anywhere within a driving distance of Columbia, Tennessee. All right. The other thing is our Bible reading calendars. The reading started yesterday, so
1: we're two days the, in you're already. You're only one day behind though.
0: Yeah, because you can make up. You can yeah. still make up. You can get There's three readings for this week, so if you start tomorrow, you could do Friday, Saturday, Sunday and be ready for Monday on schedule. Okay. Uh, how do I get one of those calendars? Well, you can go to the website okay. and you can look on the website on our homepage at collegeview.com, there's a link to a a copy of the reading schedule. So you can get it off the website or you can still email us uh, at questions at collegeview.com and we'll send you a hard copy but until you get your hard copy you can you can be looking at the at our website and and see it there now you accept all major credit cards yes uh, okay you, but uh, you won't
1: you won't you won't put anything on those letters. they're free right
0: that's free all okay. free we'd be okay. glad to get it to you all right
1: all right and a bumper sticker comes with it
0: and we'll get you a bumper you sticker you can't too.
1: beat that deal anywhere no that's right all right all right so Today or earlier this week,
0: it was a list. A link was forwarded to us that that gave a list of the hundred and one top internet searches, top Google searches specifically concerning religious questions. And I just thought it was really interesting. What are people interested in knowing about? Uh, and so we we just taken the top twenty. We can't do them all. Uh, but we're going to take the top 20. We sent them out earlier today to our update list. Okay. If you're not on that list, get on it by sending us an email to questions at Okay. Some of them are just kind of unusual. Some of them probably are, you know, make sense why people would be asking. But I was a little bit amazed at
1: some of the questions. Like we'll some, just, Yeah, some of them are like, why would you take the time to type it in? What is heaven? Yeah. What is sin? So we'll just. Uh, may, that may tell us something about the state of people's understanding. Yeah, I think that. if you look
0: at the list, and we're not going to read them ahead. We'll just deal with them as we get to them. But if you look at the list, you get the idea that there's, there's somewhat of, uh, um, what would we say? Uh, Superficial knowledge and understanding? Maybe, or uh, maybe religious illiteracy. There you go. Might be a way to describe it. And we're not trying to put people down by that, but you know, some of these questions... If you have much exposure at all to the Bible, you should know the answer to these questions, and it's kind of curious that people don't. So,
3: well, I've, and, I've, you know,
1: and maybe it gives us some motivation. Well, as we talk about these, to think about, you know, people are asking these kind of questions. There's a lot of people that need to know about the Bible that would be maybe open to some discussion about the Scriptures. So we shouldn't, uh, you know, a lot of times people are nervous about talking about the Bible for, for fear that someone would you know, blow them away with some kind of question they'd never heard of before. The Questions people are asking, aren't that hard to answer?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. For those of us who are trying to be teachers, one of the hindrances is we kind of intimidated that somebody could ask us a question we don't know the answer to. Actually, the questions people are asking are not that complex. Okay. Uh, and, and so let's dive into them. The first one, and and in the email that I sent out, I listed the questions and how many times it had been searched for during 2019. And the first one almost was searched almost twice as much as anything else, and that is, what is love? of mm. an interesting question, it what is. is love? You would think, as much as there's discussion in our world about love and I love you and she loves him and all this, I mean, love is a, is a word that gets batted around all the time in our world, but someone said, well, what really is love? I think that's an interesting question. It is. It's a misunderstood the in the Bible, there are there are more words that were in the original languages that all end up getting translated with the English word love, and so you read about love a lot in the Bible. But they were actually different words in the original text, uh, and the, uh, one of those words in particular is uh, the love the highest what well, we 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 sort of rank these love these different kinds of love by degree and the highest kind of love is defined by the greek word agape i think probably our listeners have seen that word or heard that word uh, spelled with english letters it's a g a p e agape uh that that's the the greek word uh but it it is the it is the kind of love the highest sort of love it is it is uh, the love that God had for the world, God mm-hmm. so loved the world that He gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth him should not perish but have everlasting life john three sixteen it 's the love that puts the interest of the other person or uh, higher than your own interest it 's a sacrificial love uh, and it is the kind of love that we are called upon to have. For our brothers and sisters in Christ, and for one another, Jesus said in John thirteen verse thirty-five: "By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you love one another." He, and He said, "I want you to love one another as I have loved you." In that same context, right, right. and so uh, the highest kind of love is that agape love. Uh, there's another word for love in the in the Bible, in the, in the New Testament, is the word phileo. and it's if if you were going to spell that with English letters, you'd spell it. P H I L E O, Phileo. But if you look at the word, you can almost see how there's a root there that goes with the city Philadelphia. Yeah. Well, Philadelphia. If you were in Philadelphia, what would they tell you the city is? It's the city of brotherly love. Right. Right. That's what Philadelphia uh, is. And, and that root, Philo, is in there. And it is that kind of fraternal love it's a strong word it's and and, and it's a good word and it, we ought to have that kind of feeling for one another and for our fellow man uh, uh, and so that's another word you know when you think about doing good for others just uh, having general concern for all mankind phileo is a kind of love like that uh there's another word, the word eros. If you were going to spell it with English letters, you'd spell it E-R-O-S. And that speaks of the intimate kind of love between a husband and a wife. So there's all kinds of different words uh, that uh, several different words. I think probably if you really boiled it down, you could probably get as many as seven different words in the Old and New Testaments uh, that are all translated with our English word love. Uh, they have different shades of meaning. And and it's kind of interesting that in those languages, love is really explained in great detail
1: by nuanced meanings of different words that were used to describe it. Yeah, you wonder what the primary sense of love these people were doing in their Google searches. Our listeners and their responses, you asked for quick one-sentence responses. Angela in Georgia said... It's more than romantic, and she references 1 Corinthians 13. So she's thinking First about that agape love.
0: First Corinthians 13 is uh, Angela's exactly right. 1 Corinthians 13 verses four through eight describes love, and by the way, it describes that agape love, mm-hmm. that deep sacrificial love. All right. So when we think of love in our society, we often only think about romantic love, but that's the very that's only just a very slight. Aspect of the kind of love that the Bible talks exactly about.
1: Exactly right. Daniel says, uh, and Daniel's down in Florida tonight. Daniel said, "God is love in character, word, and deed." First John four seven through eleven and First Corinthians thirteen. So Daniel says, "You want to know about love? You need to know about God." Exactly right. All right. And then uh, Kent says, "Love in its highest form, agape, is a willingness to sacrifice for another's good." That, that's right. That's the highest form of love. Agape love that
0: puts the interest of the other person even above your own interest. All right. So there's one. Uh, there's we're gonna one. have to and we're gonna have to go fast tonight. So uh we start with number one, what is love? And we'd like to say more about that probably. Uh but we'll have to we'll have to move on quickly let's get to the second one jacob before we get a yeah, break
1: absolutely this one's the really second simple. one what is the bible and again and then that's again that's number two on the list number two of all the searches in google that are religious in nature people wondering what the bible is about
0: yeah what is the bible what is it how would you answer
1: that well let's look at our listeners and uh, angela references second timothy 3 verses 16 and 17 the word of god and Second Timothy three verses sixteen and seventeen does give us that good picture of what the Bible is all Scripture is inspired by God it's the the words that we have in the pages of our Bible are here because God put no, them here. now
0: there's the there's the word we find in the text
1: all Scripture is
0: given by the word Scripture means things written mm-hmm. and and that's really that's really the word that we find in the inspired text is the word the word Bible is not in the Bible yeah uh, and the word Bible literally just means book mm-hmm. uh, a, a a Latin root uh is <clears throat> biblio uh and in some languages the the library would be called the bibliothèque it's the it's the place where the books are and so the Bible is just the book, and it was given that designation because men felt it is a book of all books it is a unique book above all others but the word bible is not even in the bible the word scripture is and it
1: involves the things that god revealed to us that have been written down yeah hey, i like what daniel says daniel says god's word the bible is god's word the incorruptible seed by which we can be born again he references first first peter one verse 23 it yeah. does refer to god's word as the incorruptible seed and that refers us back to the parable of the sower the idea that when we take God's word, the words that he has inspired, and we plant them in our heart and in the hearts of others, it will produce fruit and it will grow. All right. And then Kent references 2 Timothy 3, uh, 16 and 17 as well. The Bible is the verbally plenary inspired word of God. To break uh, Kent's big words down there, word for word, and in its entirety, yeah. God gave us the Bible. Yeah. And, uh, but again,
0: Bible, I think is kind of interesting that the word Bible is not in the Bible. But literally it just means the book yeah the bible means the book the book of all books it is the book because it's from god
1: as we look at those two first two searches the most popular searches there you're getting up over uh, what is that over six million uh uh, over five million sorry over five million searches searches yeah Yeah. in the past year on that you can see a lot of reason why that is in our society people don't love like they should Uh, there is a an absence of love in our society uh that highest form of love that we should be striving for for our fellow man there's a lack of that people don't understand that yeah uh and there is a, a misunderstanding about the bible sadly i can see a lot of religious people making a search like that because there is a lot of misunderstanding about what the bible is among religious people today a lot of religious folks don't believe it is the inspired word of god don't see the value in it kyle and uh and so maybe they're doing some Google searches saying, well, what what is this about? You know, my preacher mentions the Bible maybe once every three or four sermons. What What's the Bible? What's he talking about when he talks about
2: the Bible? He does a lot of funny stories. I think if it's if a sermon is not steeped in Scripture, if it's not whatever point he makes, if it's not backed up by Scripture, then you need to... He's looking for something online. else that's absolutely
1: fine. right exactly right let's get a break when we get back uh the next one's not very hard either who is jesus number three right. who, number three most commonly asked question or, or google search in 2019 who is jesus all right all right let's get a break and we'll get your thoughts on the other side uh, share your comments with us in the chat room we'll be back right after this
2: Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this.
3: Warning, this is to make you aware of a disorder plaguing American in the metro area, BDD, Bible Deficit Disorder. Many people are not getting enough Bible in their daily lives. Are you? Answer the following questions to see if you might be suffering from BDD. Do you answer spiritual questions by saying, I think, instead of, The Bible says, do you depend on religious authors and pastors to tell you what to believe? When Benny Hinn says, this is your day for a miracle, do you believe him? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you might be suffering from BDD, Bible Deficit Disorder. The College Church of Christ is dedicated to fighting BDD by teaching the Bible. We focus on Christ by following his word. Don't succumb to BDD, Bible Deficit Disorder. Fight it by joining us for Bible study on Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. As long as there is breath in your body, it is not too late to fight Bible deficit disorder. We'll see you this Sunday at the College View Church of Christ.
0: Here's some quotes worth pondering. The measure of a man is seen in the things which he allows to annoy him. A person who can't lead and won't follow is really nothing more than a roadblock.
2: Man, wish I'd said that for he hath said i will never leave thee nor forsake thee so that we may boldly say the lord is my helper and i will not fear what man shall do unto me hebrews 13 verses 5 and 6 the virtual bible study continues
1: and we are back on the program as we look at the most commonly asked religious questions uh, that were searched on google uh, in 2019 and uh, Nothing too complicated so far, um, pretty simple, and the third one, follows suit. We've
0: got to go fast, so we're just, these are kind of cursory answers, but we're going to go fast. Number three, most often asks, Google search, who is Jesus? Well, I'll tell you, that's a wide-open question. I, I, You know, it's kind of interesting because these questions are so broad in general that you almost don't know where to start, but I think I would start in John chapter 1. Yeah. John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So there was some being called the Word. He was deity, he was God, and he was with God the Father in the beginning, and he was instrumental in the creation of everything that there is. Who is this, the Word? Well, in verse fourteen of the same chapter, John one verse fourteen, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So, the Word Jesus, who is he? He is the he is the divine. No, he is deity. He he is God. Verse one says, and he is the on, he's the Son, the only begotten of the Father. He's not God the Father. He is God the Son. Just recently, Jacob, we did a, a virtual Bible study on the Godhead, the three mm-hmm. beings that possess all the attributes of deity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, Jesus is God the Son, and, uh, he, He's eternal, as the Father and the Holy Spirit are eternal. They, they had no beginning. Uh, we'll talk, one of the questions coming up here is who is God? We'll talk more about that in a minute. But Jesus, uh, is the
1: only begotten divine Son of God. Well, uh, both Kent and Daniel tonight reference uh, Matthew chapter 6, verses 13 and 16, where Jesus asked what people were saying about him. What do people say? You know, they didn't have Google back in Jesus' day, but people were talking. They were saying, who is this Jesus? Who is anyway? Jesus? And so he said, what are they saying? Uh, and Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others, Jeremias, so or one of the prophets. So those were dead people.
0: Then they were saying, They'd maybe he's one of these dead people come back to life. There's
1: something special about him. Yeah. Uh, and he said, but, what, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. So Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus Christ, that's not his last name, Christ. The Christ is the chosen one, the Messiah. That's right. He's the chosen or anointed one. Jesus, the anointed. Jesus, the chosen one. All right. Uh, And then uh, Daniel also referenced Isaiah 9, verses 6 through 9. And uh, Angela, reference says that he is our redeemer, Colossians 1, 13 and 14. So, boy, you could spend the whole program on that one question yeah. No. Um nothing nothing well, like shattering I said, there, a, but there's a lot of things to talk it, about. Yeah, a lot of angles it's to hard about. to
0: decide where to start there. Yeah. That's such a broad wide open subject. Okay. The next one's also wide open. What is the church? Okay. A million people searched for an answer to the simple question, What is the church? Okay. Well, the word church as we have it in our English Bibles is actually from the Greek word ekklesia. And ekklesia means called out those called out uh, it, it can carry the idea of an assembled group of those who have been called out. The called out assembly, maybe, would be a way to look at it. Uh, again, it's a little hard to know where to start on that because we read, we read all about the church in the New Testament, especially in the book of Acts, and then most of the letters that the Apostle Paul re- wrote were written to various congregations or churches of people. Uh, the, The word church may use two senses. It can be used in the sense of all saved people who have been called out of the world, called to salvation. And so there's a sense in which the word church is used in a universal sense. And then there is the use of the word when it talks about a local assembly of called out people, like the church at Corinth or the church at Philippi. Uh, And so the word is used in those two ways, but its basic meaning is, And a simple group of called-out people. All right.
1: Uh, It is not the building. Absolutely. That's a good point. You hear a lot of people, you say, oh, they've they've got such a beautiful church. The church was hit by a tornado last week. Yeah. That would have been (laughs) catastrophic. (laughs) Yeah. But they're not talking about the faces of the people there. They're talking about the building, and that's a misuse of the term. The church, as it's used in the Bible, is the people that are saved, or as Angela says, Christian believers under Christ's authority, Ephesians 1, 22, and 23, uh, the body is the church, um, the body of Christ consisting of those delivered from darkness, Daniel says. He references Colossians 1, 13 and Colossians 1, 18. Okay, and then Kent says, universally, the New Testament church is the saved relationship in Christ locally, an independent collective unit of Christians that functions and follows the New Testament pattern with, pattern with either with neither being a denomination, so no, right. not a denomination, but those simply that are saved under the authority of Christ, uh, serving Him as a body. All right, good answers, good, good answers. answers. Uh, Dwight's out in Iowa tonight, and he references. He says Jesus is the head of the church. We'll put two Ephesians. questions
0: together: Who is Jesus, and what is the church? <clears throat> good, good, good tie in there, Dwight. Jesus. Is the head of the body? Jesus is the head of the church. Yeah. The church is sometimes referred to as the bride of Christ, and so the the relationship to
1: Jesus is critically fundamental to yeah. understanding the church. Okay, all right. Number five. This is an interesting question. Um, uh, Losing the chat room today or uh, tonight, or earlier today, Lou and I had a question or a discussion about the Salvation Army. What is the Salvation Army? A million people asked that question. I imagine that uh, question was asked most frequently in the month of December when they were. When the Salvation Army is most visible. By the way, if you want more information, we're going to give a quick
0: cursory answer to this question. We did a whole program mm-hmm. on this, and if you look in our audio archives. Uh, you'll find, uh if you look on our virtual Bible study page, if you pull down the pull-down menu, go to WMA Archives. That stands for Windows Media Audio. Look there and scroll down to December twenty second, 2016. So about three years ago, we did a whole program on the, the Salvation Army. Okay. So there's lots of information there. But the Salvation Army is... A religious organization um, i mean i don 't think a lot of people make that connection because really, when most people think of the Salvation Army, all they think about is those bell ringers at the front of the Walmart store at Christmas time taking collections like a, it looks like a charitable organization, yeah, and they do do charitable work there 's no doubt about that yeah, right. uh, but they are a, they are fundamentally a religious organization um, The official creed book of the Salvation Army is called the Salvation Army Handbook of Doctrine. Uh, and in its preface, it says, this volume contains an exposition of the principal doctrines of the Salvation Army as set forth in the deed poll of 1878. These doctrines are to be taught in connection with all Salvation Army officers' training qu- operations, both preparatory and institutional. Uh, it is required of officers of all ranks that they're teaching in public and private shall conform to the 11 articles of faith okay so i mean i mean their own documentation all we're saying is their their own documentation bears out that they are a religious organization now as a religious organization as a religious organization they do a number of things that are not
1: true to the scriptures and that's the big problem of course number uh, 1 being a creed in which you set forth these doctrines in these, uh, these covenants that you must follow that we don't need a creed. We need the Bible. And if we need to, we need our, our, our goal ought to be, here's what we believe. It's the Bible. It's in between, it's in between this, these two covers right here. Let me give you a quick rundown of some of the doctrinal errors that they believe and teach.
0: They believe and teach hereditary total depravity. They teach, uh, deny, they deny the necessity of baptism, uh, uh, they do not observe the lord's supper they use instrumental music in their worship women preachers are accepted uh and they actually finance their operation in ways that the scriptures don't authorize that's just a that's just a quick sampling of some of the
1: things that they do as a religious organization that are not conforming to the word of god and it's interesting one of the i don't know idiosyncrasies here is they are, as in Angela references, a denominational group organized in military fashion who claim to believe in the Bible, but also follow. But they they're they are they are organized like the military with was yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. officers oh, yeah, and so for forth. Sure. Yeah, it's a very unusual. Uh, where do you get that from the scriptures? Where, I mean, we, it, we yeah. Kyle, I'm going to have a church and uh, we're going to we're going to make it like a army you're going to be a captain
0: kyle now jacob and i are probably just lieutenants but you can be a captain you know, what's a captain do and what's
1: a lieutenant do how do you i mean we're just making it up yeah and, 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 and you know the irony is here people can see that and say that's bizarre but then they organize their church the same way we're just make if up it, hey oh that's a good point if if you can
0: if you can have a church organization that does not conform to the new testament pattern Then why can't the Salvation Army have their army rank officers?
1: Might as well. If one's okay, the other has to be okay. Um, Daniel says a movement and organization formed by men and not found in the Bible and uh and then kent says the Dom- the salvation army is a protestant denominational religious body okay yeah, good All right. uh dwight's in the chat room as we go to our break at the bottom of the hour he says the church is those who have been called out uh, we have been called out of the world through baptism and ad- been added to the church um and yeah, he that's know, that's Acts chapter two there. That's the uh, question about his, what is yep. the church? And it's Good. Sarah signs in the chat room. Uh, appreciate you being there, Sarah. She says, I wonder what most people choose to accept as an explanation to their questions. Oh,
0: people got all these questions uh, and you can get a wide variety of answers. Of how would you know? On the how would yeah. you know whether the answer you're getting to these often asked questions our correct answers are
1: not. That's right. It's, it's, it's the only way any of us will know, and that's if we compare what the we're Bible. being told with what the Bible says. And uh, that's good admonition for us there. Appreciate that. Uh, Eric says the Salvation Army has not been established by God or Christ, nor sanctioned by God or Christ. One faith, he says, Ephesians, uh, of referencing the book of Ephesians. Yeah, exactly Eric, right. Okay. You're right, Eric. Thank you, Eric, for that. Uh, Got to grab a break. We'll grab a well, break. We, boy, we are way behind. We're going to have to fly. Yeah, but we're getting some good comments in the chat room as well. We'll Send them in uh, during this break. We'll be back right after this.
2: Now you can listen to a podcast of a recent sermon every week. Find out more at collegeview.com. There's more of the virtual Bible study right after these important messages.
0: This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. With the start of the new year, there will be plenty of planning, evaluating, resolving, and promising. Much of this will center on worthwhile and needed changes in things that pertain to our physical life. We'll commit to diets, exercise routines, strict financial budgets, and other goals that are aimed at improving various areas of our existence. Why not spend some time doing the same thing about our spiritual performance? May we suggest the following checklist? First, pray. Commit yourself to prayer every day and several times each day. And think about more than a few brief moments before meals and at bedtime. Devote yourself to some serious time in prayer. Pray for those who are sick and hurting, but don't forget to pray for the church. Pray for those who are lost. Pray for those who are struggling spiritually, those who are laboring in hard places, and the work of the kingdom in every place. Second, study. We all need constant exposure to the Word of God. It is our guide in every aspect of our lives. Be determined to read your Bible every day. Additionally, you can find a variety of articles and bulletins on the Internet and in various publications. There are worthwhile books on a host of subjects that are available. A word of caution is in order, though. Be careful about things written by men. While there is much to be gained by human sources, there is always the danger of false teaching. Carefully compare what you're reading to the truth of his word. Third, worship. It is hard to imagine a more worthwhile goal than committing to attend every service of the local congregation. Times of Bible study and worship are great encouragements and blessings. When you miss these, you miss something good, and your presence is missed by others. Be here. Fourth, teach. We all know many people who are lost in sin. Teach them. Invite someone to services. Set up a class. Look for chances to discuss spiritual things. You can do it. Fifth, live a pure life. Do not fail to keep yourself morally pure. You, of course, must do this to be right with God, but you should remember that others are looking at your example. So let's all have a great year in his service. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it.
2: Hey, Mommy. i this is the Virtual Bible Study. Missed a recent Virtual Bible Study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archives section of our website. Now, back to the Virtual Bible Study. We're back on the
3: Virtual
1: Bible Study. I remind you, this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ. We'll have you look at our website if you've not been there, thevirtualbiblestudy.com or collegeview.com. You can find some of Kyle's handiwork there and see our services streamed live uh, got some playlists there, of course, Kyle. Um, you've got the playlist around our Bible studies on Wednesday and Sunday that you're compiling.
2: Yeah, which uh, I need to update those. So, it, uh, yeah. So what's on Sundays? Of course, we're doing Genesis and the uh, Epistles of Peter on Wednesday night. So we had some great lessons, some great studies, a lot of uh, discussion. So it's always good to tune into that live, but it's always good to catch it in the
1: yeah. yeah playback, so, the virtual Bible study or CollegeView.com we're talking about uh, the most searched google searches in the past year uh and uh, the religious google searches and uh, we're down to number 5 i boy you got you got 16 to go before in 30 we're, minutes we're to ready do for it. 6 we're right. ready for number 6 oh you're right we're well, right. i didn't mark uh, off 5 yeah. number 6 okay number so we got 15 to go who it's is
0: god what a what a basic question who is god god really Uh, and again, this is such a broadly based question. uh, It's hard to know where to start, but I think I'd start at the very beginning. Genesis one, verse one in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And it goes on to describe his creative work. Notice in the beginning, God created, God was already there in the beginning. Mm -hmm. God is the eternal being, um, you know we're going to talk here and about uh, one of our questions come up real soon is what is evolution it, it, with evolution there has to be and we're going to talk about the big bang the evolution and and the big bang every every theory or notion about our existence requires at some level some basic level it requires that there be a cause that no one can explain an uncaused first cause. Yes, we believe God is the uncaused first God. He is an eternal being. He is, he he has always existed. There was never any. Well, you can't even use the word time. God always existed there. There. He's outside of time. He 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 is not bound by time. Uh, he has no beginning or end. Now, the word God, as used there in Genesis one, is the plural sense. That suggests uh, uh, the the three persons who possess these attributes of eternal being uh, so God is I think this question is referring to God the father there's as we said earlier, the three beings that possess all the attributes of of deity check our recent program we went into more detail, but God the Father is obviously one of those three beings and so he's the, he's the eternal
1: father he's the eternal god all right uh angela says the one and only god first corinthians 8 verses 5 and 6 daniel says the father is god the son is god the spirit is god first john 5 verse 7 and uh, kent says god is the self-existent eternal being who is the divine creator of the universe and all things therein comprised of the father the son and and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so, so they're, I all think re- they're all sort of pointing back to that program we did a few weeks ago. Yeah, the, the <clears throat> I think the question probably was a question about God
0: the Father, but the word God it can be used to simply describe those attributes of deity, and there are three beings—Father, Son, and Spirit—that possess those attributes. But God the Father is one of the three, and 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 th- and this tri- this this three-person Godhead—they they. they are
1: the uncaused first cause of our existence all right uh number seven a question that we need to think about <laughs> what is
0: meditation yeah uh hmm uh, almost uh, two-thirds of a million people ask this question meditation uh, that, that's the word that's actually used in the scriptures several times uh, one place uh I just had this in the sermon on Sunday morning in Psalm 119 verse 97 Psalm 119 119 and verse 97 uh, I can't get my pages to open you know this verse I love uh uh oh how I love that oh how I love thy law it is my meditation all the day uh the word meditation means reflective thinking and so th- we reflect upon the word of god i would say if i was going to put that in my own words i would say we think about the word of god and how to apply it we 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 really dwell on it you know the whole notion of meditation has been thrown off by mystical eastern religions where meditation is getting yourself in some kind of weird you know um trance sort of state you know you're almost you know you're zoned out you're in you're in deep meditation you 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 exclude any external stimuli
1: transcendental meditation
0: yeah that's not what the bible talks about meditation just means to think about to meditate to contemplate
1: consider the things in god's work one psalm 119 verse 11 uh one that we work on with the kids here Thy word I've hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So yeah. that, that, that idea of we understand what God's word is, we take it into our heart, and we dwell on it and think about it uh, there in our heart. All right, uh, let's see. Uh, Angela says to think on, to study, to allow, to shape our character. First Timothy 13 through 15. In the Bible, Daniel says it is letting the heart dwell or, or think on things. Psalm 119, verse 99 Uh, to to think on good things usually good things yeah okay um and then um kit says uh, meditation is the focusing of one's thoughts contemplation or reflection okay okay good again uh, i
0: think that probably the reason why that would even be a question is because the mystical eastern religions have put a false twist on that all right number eight number eight what is evolution that's interesting that that question would be asked because I think unfortunately a lot of people have been exposed to evolutionary teaching by virtue of our school systems and and our and our popular media sources because evolution has been taught as as a fact although it's not it has not it's, been it's, proven it, it, it's a theory now I think we have got to identify real quickly we have got to identify there's two kinds of evolution there's what we call specific evolution which means changes within a species those are observable and, and they happen we know for instance that human beings in our recent generations uh have grown bigger and taller uh, that's a form of evolution we're still we still got you know five fingers on every hand and and you know uh, uh two eyes two ears a nose and a mouth we're still human beings but we have uh, uh changed the species has changed somewhat yeah, yeah. But well, you know, you could do the same, you could do the same study with mice, for instance. You could provoke changes in mice, make their tails longer. Make them go away? (laughs) That'd be nice. But you can make their tails longer, you can make their ears shorter, but they're still mice. They didn't become a cat. They didn't become a cow. They didn't become a horse. So changes within Mm -hmm. species, evolution within species, we all agree to that. What we don't agree to is that one species could evolve and become something different. That's that is the general theory of evolution and again it's so commonly taught as an established fact it is not it is not a fact it has not been proven it cannot be documented uh in fact it fails all the tests of science
1: I like what Sarah says she says evolution is a man made theory that has less support from scientific research than the bible Exactly yeah it, it mm-hmm. cannot be proven in this laboratory that's the that evolution has all kinds of problems one of them being the idea of where did the matter come from. We talked about. Uh, we'll get to that with the Big Bang theory here. But where did the matter come from? And getting life from non-life has never been replicated. If this, 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 yeah, you, you, this that's, the, that's
0: the first thing you'd have to get. You'd have to get non-living matter to
1: somehow become alive. And they can't. We can't do that. People in the best
0: laboratories you can't
1: do it. Modifying all the variables anyone can think about. Doing it over and over again. It never happened. They can't get it to happen. And yet, we're to believe that it just happened by chance, that there was some of this matter was in some type of state and some type of spark or energy was applied to it. Can't prove it. It's yeah, never happened. Exactly. All right. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see. So, uh, Angela says a theory. The Bible says that things produce after their own kind Galatians, or Genesis 1 11 and 12, uh, 20 and 21, and 25 through 27. Uh, so uh, the Bible talks about the idea that we so don't get, have this, this. macro-evolution. Right. Uh, if evolution,
0: if general evolution is true, things throughout the history of time have not produced after their own kind. They've produced something different. So really, evolution requires a long succession of favorable mutations in which things changed into something totally different, and it's never
1: been demonstrated. Uh, Daniel says the teaching of the general theory of evolution is that all life has a common ancestry and was started by non-living forces and matter interacting, and he references the first book of Genesis, uh, first chapter of Genesis, to show that that is not the case. Kent says, literally, evolution is a process of change. From an unscriptural standpoint, it is a development or change from one species to a totally different species. Which has never been accomplished <laughs> under the best laboratory conditions and has never
0: been documented to have happened ever. It you is know, not supported by the fossil record. The fossils, exactly, don't support the idea of evolution. So, real quickly, we've got to move. Uh, number nine, what is the Big Bang Mm. Well, that's really associated with this evolution question what is the big bang well the big bang is a, again another theory a concept that has not been proven uh, the idea is that all of the matter of the physical universe got co- incredibly compressed Uh you think all the matter in the universe being compressed was how how big was that well we're we're supposed to believe that all of the matter of the universe became so compressed that it was about the size of a pencil lead, the point of a pencil lead. All of the matter in the whole universe it was so tightly compressed. Well you I mean you pack stuff together that that much and something's gonna happen. Yeah, you like your suitcase blowing <laughs> open. Yeah. yeah. Well it it blew up and that was the Big yeah. Bang. And yeah. from the from this explosion, this Big Bang All the matter of the universe went hurtling out into space. Uh, Of course, it was super hot, and it was moving incredibly fast. And and it took a long time for it to slow down and cool off enough to begin to solidify. Mm. And when it began to solidify, then we got the stars and the planets and so forth. But all of it began at that tiny little nexus of the Big Bang when it
1: began now, again, now, it's a reasonable theory. I mean, think about it. All the beauty and order and function that we see in the universe. You're being facetious, of course. Of course. It, that happened as a result of an explosion. Yeah. And and we get all the order and the, and the functions and the processing in the universe. It all happened because that little bit of matter blew up.
0: Or well, a lot of matter blew but, up. But here's
1: the thing. Even
0: the Big Bang. What does the Big Bang presuppose? You had matter, the existence of matter. Yeah. It has to, it has to presuppose the existence of matter. Well, where would matter come from? In other words, these theories are are
1: scrambling to try to come up with that uncaused first cause because they don't like the consequences of God being the first cause. Yes, right. All right. Uh, uh, Angels uh, has also a theory. The Bible tells us that God created the heavens and the earth. in Genesis one one, Job thirty eight verses four and six through six. Uh, Daniel says, a theory developed to explain the existence of the universe, Genesis 1, verse 1. And um, Kent says, the Bible, the Big Bang is a false view of how the world, the universe began in one massive explosion, leaving God out of the total situation. Cosmos coming out of chaos. And I like that, the way he said that, cosmos coming out of chaos. Uh, The idea that we could have such design, in the universe around us to think that that came from an explosion is just incomprehensible. Yeah. All right.
0: All right, let's grab our last break. We're obviously
1: We're not, not going to get through the top 20. Right. So, let's grab our last break. All right, here we go. We'll go to the top of the hour
2: right after this. After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. What does your
3: church have for my children? At the College View Church of Christ, we don't have pizza parties or putt-putt nights. We don't have softball or basketball. We do have the Bible. We do have the powerful sayings of the gospel of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. We do have the love for your children's souls to never substitute the solid spiritual teaching they need with superficial secular activities. If this is what you want for your children, bring them to Bible class this Sunday at 9.30 a.m. at the College View Church of Christ.
0: We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. Only 28% of younger Americans between age 23 and 37 attend church services. But studies show that 47% of unchurched Americans would be willing to think about a new church if invited by a friend. That information is via reachrightstudios.com. The Word of God says in Ecclesiastes 12, verse 1, Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come and the years draw nigh when you will say, I have no delight in them
2: broadcasting around the world with truth that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys.
1: Back on the program, going to the top of the hour, and we're complete failures on the first program of the year. We're not going to make it through our stated agenda but we're going to get as far as we can here.
0: Yeah, and I think we'll carry this over to (laughs) next week, Jacob. It seems like there's good interest in these questions, and I think they're interesting to talk about. So we'll get what we can get here in the next few final minutes, and then we're going to carry these questions over to next week. We may add a few more uh, from the list for next week. So the question number 10 is, what the the 10th most frequently searched question on Google Mm -hmm. in the year 2019 was, what is the Catholic Church? Almost a half a million people wanted to know what is the Catholic Church. Well, the Catholic Church, and this, this of course would be disputed adamantly by those who are members of the Catholic Church, but the Catholic Church is not the church that you read about in your Bible, mm-hmm. the reason we know that is because it is completely different than the church you read about in your Bible, uh, for instance, the organizational structure of the Catholic Church uh, they have a whole system, a hierarchy of church government, they have bishops and archbishops and cardinals, and they have ultimately the pope the the single man who is head of the church over in the whole world. The Holy Father, and they call him the Holy Father. If you can believe that. Where do you read about that in the Bible? You can't read about that in the Bible. And actually, we know that this was this was a progression of of departures from the truth. And in the scriptures, like in in First Timothy four, the first verses of 1 Timothy four, uh, uh, the first verses of of Second uh, Thessalonians chapter two. Uh, Paul's address to the Ephesian elders in Acts chapter 20 described the fact that there would be a falling away, that people would depart from the truth. And the Catholic Church is the product of, of a, a, a succession of departures from the patterns set forth in the New Testament. In organization, in practice, in teaching, they departed from the truth. Uh, we know, for instance... <coughs> That the first official pope of the Catholic Church wasn't named until well, six hundred years after, uh, about six hundred years after the church began. <coughs> so clearly, the Catholic Church is not the church you read about in your Bible. It is a an, a, or a human organization uh, far different from the church you read about in the New Testament, and it it, it's,
1: it teaches and practices error. Now you got no you got no personal beef against the catholic church you're not you're not there you're, you're not some kind of no
0: and i know and, and, and uh, i just recently had some email correspondence uh, with a fellow who's a member of the catholic church seems like a really good guy i mean we're not trying to be mean spirited or, or have animosity toward those people but th- it just doesn't conform to what we read in our new Testament. i have no
1: problem being a part of the catholic church if i could read about it in the new testament exactly i mean whatever i mean whatever they do by fine. the word
0: catholic the word catholic means just means universal yeah and so they're saying that they are the worldwide church, yeah. and they claim to be the original church, and they claim that all other religious organizations have split off of them. Yeah. That's what they claim. That's not true, because you can trace the origins of the Catholic church, and you know it
1: came about centuries after yeah. the church we read about yeah. in the New Testament. So again, we don't have any problem with uh, necessarily a Catholic, the Catholic church, but we want to know that the church is like we can read about in the Bible. And so... We look at the Catholic Church, we compare it to the Bible, say, well, well, not doing what God said to do. They can't be right with God. We want to be a part of a group that does what God says to do, that follows the Scriptures as the basis of their authority. Uh, Angela says the Catholic Church is a man-made denomination established in the 600s A.D. <clears throat> Many of their traditions are in the direct opposition to the Bible, First Timothy 4, verse 3. Um, and, uh, Daniel says a departure from the true body and headship of, of Christ. John eight thirty one. Uh, okay. And, uh, Kent says the Catholic church is the first apostate religious group that split off of the Lord's church. And, uh, Sarah in the chat room says, call no man father, but the Lord, your God, Matthew 23 verse nine, just one of the practices of the Catholic church. Yeah. How that is just that? blatant violation of the scriptures I, I just don't <clears throat> understand that uh,
0: uh, how how do they do that because Jesus plainly said in Matthew 23 verse 9 Call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. By the way, the word father, they're used as a religious designation. Obviously, the scriptures talk about mothers and fathers, our our physical mothers and fathers. But in this context, he was talking about religious titles. Uh, The previous verse said, Be ye not called rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. And call no man... Your Father upon the earth, for one is your Father which is in heaven. So the context is obviously using the word Father as a religious designation and title. And it's exactly what the Catholic Church does. Uh, uh, thank you, Sarah. I, uh, that's just an example of how they've departed from what we read about in our New Testaments. Okay. Number uh, 11. Uh, did we get all of our... I guess no, we got all we of Okay. Number 11 is what is a Christian? Again, these questions are really open-ended and and uh, 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 almost they take you back almost in how basic and and general they are. We have
1: to use the internet to answer these questions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh,
0: what is a Christian? I, I guess you know you, you would think as often as that word gets thrown around that that it's that it must be found on almost every pages of the new testament but it's not it's actually only found three places in the new testament uh, uh and, and the first place we read of it is in acts 11 this was a number of years after the church began after people began to obey the the gospel of our lord jesus christ in acts chapter 11 verse 26 the, it says the disciples were called christians first in Antioch. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the name Christian came to be the identifier of disciples. Well, who who are disciples? Disciples are those who learn and obey, those who learn and follow. A disciple is a learner and a follower. The disciples of Jesus, those who learned from Jesus and followed him, came to be called Christians. So, the who are uh, uh, who is a Christian? A Christian is a disciple. A Christian is one who learns from Jesus and follows him.
1: That's what a Christian is. All right. Uh, Jesus uh, gave a good uh, description of a disciple in Luke chapter 6, of a Christian actually as a disciple. In Luke chapter 6, verse 40, the disciple is not above his master, uh, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. Uh, So a disciple is someone who follows a master. uh, And... uh, And so um, he also says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 25, is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord. If they've called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? Uh, So he's basically saying, hey, if you're going to be a Christian, you're going to be a disciple. Your goal is to be like me and your reception will mirror the reception that I got on earth. Yeah. I'm, you're not going to win any popularity contest. If you decide you want to follow me. Exactly. All right. By the way, we
0: think that this name Christian is, is a God given name in fulfillment of a prophecy in Isaiah 62, two. We won't take time to read that, but the, uh, it was prophesied Isaiah prophesied Isaiah 62, two, that a new name would be given to the people of God. We think this is the fulfillment of that prophecy. They were called Christians.
1: All right. Uh, Angela says a Christian is a disciple of Christ, Acts 11, verse 26. The disciples were called Christians first in um, Daniel says a disciple called to be a saint, a member of the Lord's body, a saved individual, Acts 247, God added to the church daily, such as should be saved, and Romans chapter 1, verse 7. And um, Kent says a Christian is an individual who has believed and obeyed the saving gospel of Christ. Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. Exactly right. Okay. We're out of time. We are out of time. We got
0: through 11. We meant to get through 20. So let's do this. Let's make our plan, Lord willing, to continue this study next week. And uh, so we still have nine of the ones
1: that we wanted to talk about, that, that may very well fill our time next week. We may add a couple of more before to we, the list. Before we leave, Eric has an excellent comment in the chat room. John thirteen thirty five. by this all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another. So, exactly right. Uh, so a, deci- a Christian is someone who loves his brethren and loves his fellow man. Uh, that's a good place to end the discussion tonight. Thank that's you, that, Eric, for that, that, that comment. Exactly right. All right kyle um some interesting questions there uh, none of them uh, really all that hard um but uh,
2: no, i think most of them are people who have their own beliefs they just want to see what uh, maybe see what's out there see what they other people think about it so i think it's always there's no bad questions There are some good questions i think it's good studies
1: all right thank you right we ought to have a program the top 100 questions asked of the virtual bible study Oh, well, well, maybe you know, could we did be part of that time. list. I
0: think along about uh, our 10-year anniversary, we we talked about the, the, some of the most viewed
1: programs oh, yes, we from did. our archives. But why don't we uh, make a, a request of our listeners to submit your questions? Uh, you don't have to ask Google. You can ask Google, but why not uh, throw it into the, the this uh, discussion with our audience? Uh, maybe you Maybe you already know the answer to the question. I mean, look at the look at the questions we talked about tonight. None of them were all that difficult, but it's good it's good for a discussion, even if we know the answers, just to be reminded of them. So, you got a question you think would be uh, important or valuable to discuss in this format? Please send it in. Questions at collegeu.com. We'd love to hear from you. Kyle, thanks for being here tonight. Good to be here. Thank you, Dad. Thanks, Jacob. Hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. Hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the virtual Bible study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it.